I have the envelope, please. And the Oscar for Best Picture is presented to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes... Slumdog Billionaire. And American in Paris. Platoon. Birdman. Curious of Driving Miss Daisy. Forrest Gump. Shakespeare in Love. The English Patient. Lawrence of Arabia. West Side Story. Martin. No Country for All Men. Are you supposed to say, and the Oscar goes to? And the winner is. 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 Godfather. Godfather Part 2. The Hurt Locker. The Last Emperor. The Silence of the Lamb. The Sound of. The British Shawaka. The Artist. House of Africa. The Sting. On the Waterfront. Schindler's List. Twelve years a slave. A beautiful mind. And the Oscar goes to. No, this, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Oh my gosh! I hope everyone enjoyed that super nerdy compilation of Oscar bits that I found on YouTube. Thanks to Can Hold Cinema for posting that last year. Um, and I added a little bit to the end because how can anybody forget when La La Land was accidentally called for Best Picture? Honestly, I watched that over and over again from last year and it just, it makes me cringe and my jaw still drops because it's just so freaking awesome. I mean, not awesome that like they totally messed up, but um, it's fine, you know? I loved La La Land, so I was like really excited that they won, but I loved moonlight just way more I mean like you can't even compare them but I'm really glad that moonlight won last year um and they totally deserved it for today's episode we have a very special guest my good friend Nello DeAngelis is here to talk Oscar predictions um Nello welcome to the show hello happy to be here Alex thank you for having me (laughs) so how have you been uh it's been well I've just been in New York, as you know, uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Um, we actually were six weeks out from festival, so we just kind of switched up our roles. So I just joined the VR department, which is really exciting, just because, uh, I don't know, it's, um, VR is still so relatively new in terms of film and what it can do, and I think that since it is at that stage, there's still the opportunity for equality and parity and all that good stuff. So it's very exciting to be a part of and kind of see that grow. So I'm excited to see what happens with the festival. Yeah, it's so funny that you're that you're actually doing that because I was I just had an interview with Sarah Wilkie, like yesterday, and we were just talking about VR and like how it's going to change film. Oh, sweet! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, Sarah's awesome to me, and I had like some really funny conversations with her at the rap party, which is the drunkest, craziest event I've been to recording since. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. I'm really glad that I got to um, talk with her. Do you want to just tell people, like, what you do for Tribeca or, like, where you work and, like, what you do, basically? 
Yeah, no, so um, I worked for Tribeca Film Festival. I was part of the programming team that started in October, and now that we are moving into six weeks from festival and everything's getting crazy, I have joined the PR department, so everyone just kind of split up. I know the other girls went to panels and filmmakers and industry, so we all just kind of split up one our own way, but it's exciting because um, you'll probably meet them at CIS, actually, in May, but like some of the people I worked with last year there, I'm working with here at Tribeca now, so it's, it's a big, little festival family. It's a lot of fun mm-hmm. to work with, so yeah. That's great. And we just, yeah, it's a good time. Have you watched a lot of, like, good things for festival? Yeah, no, I've watched, like, probably a fourth of our slate. Oh, wow. about 90 features. So yeah. I've watched about, like, 30 of them so far. Mm-hmm. So, like, Q&A sheets and whatnot. And, um, also, I don't know, I've probably watched, like, 70 or 80 films for the yeah. festival. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I was like, you watched 30? I was like, that's a low number. <laughs> yeah, it was five intensive so far. It's just because uh, it's so many more films. It's 240 features, yeah. so... But it was it was still a, a really good time. So like the people at Sin Films and I was like, Holy shit, I can't believe I gotta see this like eight months before it comes out. So it's been <laughs> yeah. I only watch films for the most part that haven't come out yet, which is the douchiest and coolest thing I'm gonna do. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's a good time. Well, it sounds really great what you're doing and I can't wait to hear more about the VR later. Um we can chat about yeah. it. Um but yeah. So Let's jump in. Um, let's start with what do you think about the original score? So the nominees are Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, Star Wars, and Three Billboards. Oh, um, so many, so many things to say. Uh, Dunkirk, I just did not like any of it as a whole. <laughs> and I don't understand why the score is nominated. I get like Hans Zimmer. But yeah. I feel like his score for Blade Runner is so much more interesting. Same with uh, Carter Burwell for Three Billboards. Like, I don't even remember that score. But even though I wasn't a fan of Thunderstruck, it was such an amazing score that just kind of played with, like, 70s rhythms and grooves and, like, old classic Hollywood silent film scores. Mm-hmm. But um, as much as I wish Johnny Greenwood for Santa would win, because I think it's one of, like, the top ten greatest scores of all time, um, I think that it's going to go to Shape of Water just because that seems to have been the trend for all the awards so far. Is it, is it Alexandra Desplat, if I'm yeah. not mistaken? Yeah. yeah, him and actually, That's, like, the past few years, him and Hans Zimmer have been, like, going head and head for, like, a lot of films. Yeah, it's, like, always the same voice. Because I remember, like, I think Desplat did um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I have such a soft spot for that score. So if he wins, I won't be mad. But then again, like, of water I wasn't big on either so it's just kind of like a oh he's a cool guy but I don't really care for this film yeah so did you like Phantom Thread I love Phantom Thread it's in my top five really I haven't seen it I haven't actually seen it because like so many people were like yeah I hated that that was awful and like I just like am watching things now like really through a feminist lens and I've heard that like I don't know, I mean, I guess, obviously, I need to go see it for myself, but, like, the female character isn't, like, important. But I'm also, like, I really oh. love Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, Last of the Mohicans, oh. he's that guy to me forever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I think that Vicky Creeps and um, Leslie Mendoza's sister Cyril are, like, two of the best performances of the year, and they, oh, yeah. they really 
much of like a narcissistic, you know, just kind of classic piece of shit artist as Jenna Lewis is. Mm-hmm. I think this film is definitely, it couldn't happen without them. I don't think it's Stankless roles or characters. I think it's uh, a story, like, because when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks boring, and I love PGA, but it's such a surprisingly hilarious and just heartbreaking film that, I don't know, I didn't really see that. It's, it's a very, like, Fifty Shades of Grey art house is kind of mm. appropriate, but without that whole, like, coercion and all the awful elements, it's just kind of like a, uh, like a romantic cat and mouse without any, like, real over-the-top intimacy or sexuality. It's, yeah. it's a really well-measured film. Mm. Yeah. I I mean, I maybe I'll get the crazies and go see it tonight, but um, that's the, <laughs> like, that's really the only one I haven't seen yet. I'm watching The Post tonight, oh. so... I think you'd love it. I like oh, cried during it twice, which means you'll cry ten times. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. All right, so foreign language film. So we have a fantastic woman, the insult, loveless on body and soul, and the square. And you just said you didn't like Ooh. the square. So from I chose, I, just, I chose uh, a fantastic woman. Yeah, no, I think I just saw loveless two days ago in Quad, and um, it was. One of the most miserable films. Like, there's just no happy I've heard it's just like literally about like all of the people that like aren't good ever. Yeah, no, it's it's like a very critical look at like modern day Russia and familial relationships, and it's it's very very depressing. Um, So I don't think that could win. Um, Even though the square is very popular and he has force majeure, um, I also don't think. That could win just because it just, you know, when the pause, but it doesn't feel like something that the Academy would really go for still. Um, uh, I haven't seen On Body and Soul, but I know that it has to do with, like, Tongue Grace, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like a, oh God, it's like a slaughterhouse romance, I think. Yeah. And I've heard it's, like, really brutal and unenjoyable as well, which is, like, kind of the whole theme for. Yeah. Here, but um, so I think it could go Fantastic Woman, especially with the um, you know, first trans presenter Daniel Vega. It's such an amazing, amazing film. I think it just opened an Egyptian, yeah, and they actually really, really good. Um, so it could go Fantastic Woman, or because it's just I think that's the best of the bunch, or it could be Insult because I think it's again just like. But with it, salesman last year, it's politically relevant, and mm-hmm. it's like the most inoffensive of the bunch. Where it just seems like kind of an easy, oh, this is a safe bet to uh, play around with. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the insult. All right, you're mean, so I'm fantastic woman. And I also forgot to say for the score, I'm also going with Shape of Water. One because every time I've listened to it, it like makes me really happy. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, you watched any documentary features? Um, what are we going to again? Um, Strong Island, right? Yeah, Strong, Strong Island, Island, Last Men in Aleppo, Faces Icarus, Faces Places, and Ab- Abacus, Small Enough to Jail. Okay, I love, I just actually, I walked past the Abacus building every day, and I was like, hey, that doesn't feel like I died Um, I don't think Abacus has any chance. Um, I just watched it, Icarus. Just, I haven't seen Icarus. I haven't seen Last Men. Um, last Men, I know that just like sales from last year because I think political, um, mm-hmm. political 
Pop predictions are always great. So I think yeah. the the crew members and the director are not getting pieces granted to them. So that could win. Um, Strong Island again. Yance Ford, the first trans nominee, is a big thing, but I think it's going to go to face its places because it's just so enjoyable and it's kind of like a Agnes Varda, especially after she won the honorary award last year. I think it'll finally go to her. It's kind of like a congratulations for your whole career, mm. even though it's very well deserved. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'm gonna go with Icarus because I am. I just See, and that's it. so relevant too, though. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, they did a good job picking one, but I yeah. it. it was so interesting. I was like, wow. I need to see it. Yeah, it's good. I um, I don't even know if we need to even talk about animated feature. I feel like it's gonna go to Coco, even though I want the breadwinner to get it. But oh, I wish Boston and everyone same Boston twice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. I was like, do I watch it by myself? Really? I thought it was going to be like Little Man with like the Land Brothers, but it had nothing to do with like, I thought like a little grown baby, like a grown man in pretentious movie. It's just all about family. It's so adorable. Definitely not amazing, but I don't know. I enjoyed it enough to watch it twice while hungover. Also, I don't think I've seen any of the other nominees. I haven't seen Coco because I didn't want to watch the um, Frozen short. And then. (laughs) It, I guess it got pulled finally. The so Frozen short? Or... See that still. The Frozen? Yeah, it was like 30 minutes It was minutes 30 minutes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So then like with trailers, like the whole Coco experience was like two hours and 40 minutes. Or I was like, oh, time for that. Yeah, yeah like, you're right, yeah. Well, I do recommend Coco. Of other, it's, oh yeah. God, like obviously I was sobbing the entire time. I look over at my dad and he's like holding back tears the entire time. They did a really good job. Um, oh, yeah. I'm also in the middle of watching The Breadwinner. I just like started a bunch of things and like haven't had time to really finish anything. I just, okay, I need to see Breadwinner. I just saw this on Netflix. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, backlash on it lately, too, which I thought was interesting. Um, oh, really? Kind of like the same thing that happened with Detroit in terms of like white people telling stories of POC mm. and it's like they kind of put the Muslim women characters in a breadwinner up as just figures that need to be saved where it's like you know just like stop writing characters like that essentially yeah. so and I haven't read a lot into it but that's kind of just like it's just a like, scene and had time to read but yeah so but that's it's the same studio that did like Song of the Sea where like Secret of Kells and all that the what? Like the, I think they, like, they seems to really did like Secret of the Kells, right? And like those films, mm-hmm. like Kendra, like I don't know, Irish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I don't know how it's definitely Coco though, 100%. Yeah. Um, I, really quick, I chose, for Adapted Screenplay, I chose Call Me By Your Name because I just want Call Me By Your Name to win like anything and everything that it could. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I love that movie. But oh, I loved it so yeah, much. It was um, so. Oh. Yeah, I think the fact that it's James Ivory that wrote it, and then it picked up like the WGA as well. I think it won. It's been like writing a lot of writing awards for people to think it would. Um, what are the other nominees? It's like Mudbound. It's, uh, Mudbound, Molly's Game, Logan, and The Disaster Artist. Ah, uh, yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Logan's a sweet nominee, but I was happy for that. 
Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. I love westerns. And then uh, screenplay was Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. And I chose Get Out uh, because... This is like the most hotly contested one, I think. Mm-hmm. Because all of them have a chance. And I think that this is going to be the only award that Lady Bird wins. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that... I think Get Out has a better shot at picture upsetting, like Moonlight did. But at the same time, I don't think it will. So because it's like... People, like the older, wider Oscar voters, I think, take a lot of offense to it. Whereas, like, Moonlight was a fairly inoffensive film to that group. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to go, this will be the one award that Lady Bird wins hmm. together. Yeah. So, but yeah, it could be, and like, but then again, three billboards could easily win this, and then go on and win picture, and all that stuff, too. So, I don't know, it'll be really interesting to see. Right, yeah. I actually just watched three billboards last night the night before last night oh Oh my gosh i i like totally unexpected i did not think it was gonna like go any like i was shocked at like everything that big that happened like woody spoilers but like woody harrelson i was like are you like whoa i first i was like is the movie over or is that like that was i know and like before he dies it's like that horrible conversation with abby cornish and she's like she says something like, you have a magnificent cult that's still with Olympia. Something I'm like, oh, why would this? It's just so out of place, and she has such a bad performance. And it's yeah. like, why are you in this movie? And I, I wasn't big on two billboards. I think, I can tell, like, the fire, when she likes the, oh, spoiler, like, the, the station on fire. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really into it. I thought it was just so totally uneven, and I love the McDonough Brothers, but I think it's, like, one more in line with... Uh, seven psychopaths and one everyone is like Ambrosia, Calvary, since the Butler, but you know, it's, I think it's just, if they think that definitely is as many films of the moments as there are, I think that's the one that definitely launched the most. I think it also it came out the week of the Weinstein um, article being published too. Yeah. So it was just huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, interestingly, I am just noticing now that I chose, so I chose Get Out for original screenplay, but I, for actor, I chose Sam Rockwell, and for actor, for actress, I chose Frances McDormand. I don't know why, I think I was like, so for best, yeah, for best actor, I chose um, Sam Rockwell, I think because I just watched Three Billboards, and I was like, oh, his character development was so great, but now I'm like, it's kind of... I think he's gonna win for sure. Mm. I love Sam Rockwell. He plays like a piece of shit so well. He's kind of like a dust. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's so good. Um, Like Snow Angels, all that stuff. I think everyone was predicting Ron Defoe, like out of 10. And um, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, his chances are over, unfortunately. Yeah, I heard a lot of talk with like um, older actors winning way more than like new faces winning just because like they want to do um like a lot of legendary awards in the next like couple Uh, years so that like really changed my thoughts I mostly like really seriously did a ballot because at SIF we did like or Corey did his like five dollars a ballot um so now that the pool's up to like eighty dollars and I was like okay I really need to like watch the news (laughs) in film and like see what people are talking about yeah 
Yeah, I think I think all the actor locks are, or all the acting categories are pretty much locked at this point with McDormand, Oldman, Janey, and Rockwell. I think the only upset that could happen would be Louis Metcalf winning for Lady Bird, which I would mm-hmm. I would absolutely love because she's just yeah the sweetest mom at that. But. Same. Yeah, I think that like if anything was gonna surprise anybody, it'd be like Lady Bird winning everything versus like yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about everything, I guess. What about, um, let's move on to director. So we have Christopher Nolan director. for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Oh, I wish we could one, but it's going to be Guillermo. I think the, the three amigos are going to round it out yeah. this year, which is crazy. That all three of them have won Best Director in like the past four four years now, or mm-hmm. six years, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I mean, he's won every major award to DGA, Golden Globe, BAFTAs, I think. Yeah. Or maybe kind of won the BAFTA Club, but um, yeah, it's, I think it's his award to lose at this point. I so. loved, I also chose Del Toro, I loved Shape of Water. I okay. was hearing him talking about it in a in a podcast and just like why he created it and stuff. Um and I thought it was just so sweet and like relevant. He basically was like, you know, with all this hate in the news, like we need something to like t- take our mind off of like the times and like this is set back in like when America was supposed to be great and you know, I mean his big thing is like making the other like the protagonist and like not the villain so that was I like that he does that I think that that's great yeah I just I've never been big on Del Toro like I didn't like Pan's Labyrinth I didn't like Pacific Rim or the Hellboys or I don't know but the Devil's Backbone I just I've never liked him and it's not like I'm like going I'm like oh I'm gonna hate this one too I just I don't know it just doesn't do anything for me I guess it's just sad but yeah do you think Del Toro is going to win? Hmm. Yeah, I think Del Toro is definitely going to walk away with it. Which, I mean, good for him. He's he's definitely a, a film geek. And I really admire that, too. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's someone like that versus, like, Ben Affleck crying because he didn't get nominated for Argo, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've also been hearing that, like, Dunkirk um, is, like, one of the least favorite Christopher Nolan films, like, that people have liked like even less than uh dark knight rises i was like i was like i was like wait a second people dislike the dark knight rises i've been watching the old batman films for the first ever time like the michael keaton ones and those are so much sick of the tim burton movies oh i'm sure yeah so cool yeah same i just watched the original tim burton batman and it was yeah, no, awesome. Michelle Pfeiffer, like my hot take, is uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer gives a better performance than Heath Ledger plays in The Dark Knight. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think she gives like one of the all-time best supporting actress performances. She's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Best picture. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out. Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Oh. Anytime someone reads them off, I just get bummed because I remember Florida Project didn't get nominated. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like my favorite Um, Three Billboards. I think so. Yeah. It's done it 
were like, oh, because all those op-eds started coming out, like, the chances are over, the water's going to come ahead. I just, Mm-mm. I don't think it's going to stop. Yeah. So. I mean, there's, yeah, it's either that or surprise, like, get out. Honestly, if Dunkirk wins, like, I, you know, I love Hans Zimmer and Christopher Nolan and literally anything, but if that wins, I literally will be so mad. Yeah. But, no, um, I could have worked during the, the ceremony, so when I get off work, I'm going to go online. I'll just yell, like, the, uh, the winners right then. So mm. I'm probably going to be, like, really happy two yeah. minutes of reading or just, like, absolutely furious. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, um, I mean, I'm, oh, I'm just really pulling for Get Out. I'm also just really pulling for Call Me By Your Name, but that's, like, a deep in my heart. Like, it will always win in my heart. Yeah, no, and it's such, I mean, that's, that's not even, like, part of the conversation anymore, too. It's just, mm-hmm. like, best actor. Really, Daniel Day-Lewis, one of the all-time great swan songs. Timothy Chalamet with, like, the debut of mm-hmm. a generation. And you're going to give it to fucking, like, piece of shit Gary Oldman playing piece of shit Winston Churchill. It's, like, it's so boring. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I also, I mean, I chose Gary Oldman as my pick because this, I'm going off of my SIF ballot. Like, that's what people are, uh, yeah, are going to no. win. So, like, He's going to win, but I don't want him to. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying with, like, the legacy thing. Like, they're going to, he's going to yeah. win, and then, like, next year there's, he's going to be, either him or Del Toro is going to be, like, um, get an award or something for, like, most famous person or something, you know, legacy award. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. Definitely, yeah. I'm throwing a party, and I wish you were here. It's going to be so great. Oh, yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) I wish I could just watch it in general, but it'll be okay. Maybe it'll be slow, and I can check for little updates on my film on the work, but we'll see. Thank you for coming on and talking about this with me. I hope that on Sunday we're both really happy and not really disappointed. Yeah, I'm excited for the... uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited for the musical performances mostly, but um. Ah, uh, she wanted to miss those too. Yeah, if Jen Stevens uh, on stage is gonna be really great. Oh yeah, te- text me updates if you want. Actually, that'd be so easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then if you just text me winners, I can just view it like that. So I'm trying to go on the internet, so there that would go. help me out a lot. Yep. Yeah. Oh, if you do the internet, you'd be like, you're gonna know before me because there's probably a delay. But uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you for having me. Alrighty, for the last segment of today's episode, I have for you an interview that I did um, a couple days ago with Sarah Wilkie. She is the executive director for the Seattle International Film Festival, and she so graciously took time out of her busy schedule to have an interview with me. So thank you, Sarah, if you're listening today, um, and enjoy. Okay, so um, I just wanted to start off by asking how your day is going. Oh my god, my day is really busy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you in here for more than like 10 minutes. No. Like without a meeting or anything. Yeah, I think that that's a problem, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and right now, I mean, it's so interesting because uh, I think you feel probably the energy in here a little bit because... We all know that it's going to change really quick, but you can't tell when it starts to change come festival. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, they're starting to be the hints. It's getting busier. And then, yeah. you know, like once it gets busy, it's not even as stressful as waiting for 
what's it going to be like when it hits or mm-hmm. when's it going to hit. So I think that's starting right now. So it's going to get busier. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, ex- mm-hmm. I'm excited and nervous and I don't know, all of the above. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just got to hold on, buckle up and put on the helmet. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, okay. So let's just jump in. Um, so I really just wanted to ask you, um, Firstly, like, what does it mean for you to be a part of, like, one of the largest film festivals in the U.S.? Well, for me, I mean, quite honestly, for me personally, um, I love film. It's, But I love the arts most, and mm-hmm. I love the connection between the arts and community. So it's exciting for me to be part of um, SIF and this huge film festival because... Uh, I really think that I just, I want to be able to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. And um, I see this as an arts organization, first and foremost, and a film organization second, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So um, it's fun for me to be in a new discipline in the arts and try to understand that. And I feel like it's a really important time for society to think about media arts because the connection points, like... We're seeing media all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so being able to understand that media has all these different layers. Like we look at writing and you know, you know, uh, a novelist is something different than the copy edit that you're reading on a billboard. But do we have that same kind of sophistication when it comes to um, media? I'm not sure. And I want to always hold that art line that Mm -hmm. says like, hey, we can do this with quality. You can learn skill. If you start understanding what the art side or the big A of film is, every part of what you're doing elsewhere with media is going to become better. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, for me, is kind of important, I think. So I like um, being able to uh, kind of have a role in shaping that conversation. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And you have a big arts background, too. I was reading up a little bit. Yeah, so it's funny. We were just talking about upstairs. So, yeah, I come from... I have an art history background. Okay. And um, I study... My background is 20th century Buddhist mural paintings. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's specific. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's super... That's why I don't work in it. Um, but, yeah, so I worked in the Asian Art Museum for seven years and then did a bunch of... Um, like on-site research Mm -hmm. and then worked in museum out here, a graduate degree, and then I worked in museum out here for um, two years and then moved into a multidisciplinary art space. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there I got interested in live performance because that was something I hadn't ever been interested in so much before. And then I worked in multidisciplinary contemporary live performance, Mm -hmm. so dance, music, theater, um, kind of performance for whatever it is. And uh, so film's kind of like a combination of those two, you know? Yeah. Like, it's more than one person, which visual arts is very much about crafting an image. Uh, but you have to be able to be as precise as visual arts and have that image as strong as visual arts because it's a living art form that mm-hmm. is going to show up forever. So when you're doing a theater piece or whatever, you're going off that energy of the liveness and whatever happens, it doesn't have to be quite as tight somehow. But mm-hmm. a film is like a visual arts piece where it's going to be there and be seen without you there for a really long time. So yeah. I find it like a super intriguing combination of the two. Yeah. Yeah, but I cool. totally come from the art side rather than the film side or the business side or any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, before I had, well, actually, the same time I had this internship, last quarter, I interned with um, the Seattle Art Museum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that was, like, kind of my first ever, like, look into the arts world or even, like, doing anything with an arts organization, and now I'm, like, with SIFs also, so, like, it's really great. Yeah, um, it's trip museums are trips, too. right? Yeah, yeah, right? It was so cool. Yeah, yeah. the first time when I was in college, I, I interned at a museum, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> these are my people like right that's awesome right like this is a this is the way I want to talk and think and the way I want to think about community like it just worked I was there for a summer and that same thing that I'm like oh okay I guess mm-hmm. this is what I'm gonna do yeah so yeah. it's really great and being involved in the community especially mm-hmm. awesome. yeah yeah right mm-hmm. so what were you doing at Sam um, I was the communications intern oh nice so okay. yeah marketing side um, which I really liked um, mm-hmm. and then just on my lunch breaks, I would walk around the galleries, and that was awesome. Just, like, I don't often, like, my friends and I don't often say, like, hey, let's go to an art museum. So it was really nice, like, being in that space mm-hmm. and experiencing all that, like, whenever I wanted, basically. And um, and it was just nice to be exposed to well, that. One of the things that I always say that is hard for me about this job is when I worked in the museums, yeah, you, like... The reason that you're there and the art that you're connecting with and that message that you're trying to work around, the creativity, is right outside your door. So if you mm-hmm. need inspiration, you just go, okay, well, I'm going to walk through this gallery. I'm going to hang out here. I'm going to watch. Um, with live arts theater, there's always somebody in the office who's like, oh, my God, my, you know, pants just ripped and I've got the show tonight. Who's going to drive me? Or they're rehearsing on stage or mm-hmm. something. Like, you're always one step away from it also. But here... You know, the film's probably been made, like the filmmaker made it, whatever, nine months before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was finished, and then it went into, a, you know, distribution valley. And then it's at a theater over here that there's only a specific time. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's very hard to connect into that product and see it yeah. used in the same way that it is in museums. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to get my head around, like, do we bring in filmmakers to staff meetings, or do we show movies and stuff? Do we talk about it? Like, how do we connect it into that message that we're here to promote a little bit different and museums are always for me that exactly what you're yeah. talking about like you get to be in it I don't know it's kind of interesting yeah you remind me of that mm. that is interesting and I'm also thinking that. about everything that's happening with like virtual reality like how is that gonna like affect film at all is yeah, something we to like think about, about oh really there. yeah <laughs> it was crazy. like you were in my movie <laughs> um, that's crazy yeah, what uh, somebody was saying that they had done some research, uh, and a lot of the major industry or the you know studios right now are making these connections to VR companies, not because they want to do VR films, but they want the lobby. So like, if you're doing Star Wars, then you go out, and all of a sudden, um, the lobby is you know one of the Death Stars, or I don't think they're called Death Stars anymore, yeah. or whatever they are, you know. But and you can be in that environment. Mm-hmm and interact with the characters and do all that stuff. And so it's just expanding, but that the lobbies themselves are going to be about part of that space, which is yeah. kind of interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. Interesting. I know, right? So, um, so what specifically does your job entail? Like, what do you do um, with SIF? Like, what do you specifically focus on day-to-day? <laughs> well, that's interesting because... Um, I think the question of what an executive director does is always super confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always think about it as, like, if you're the captain, 
This is a terrible example. So <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Please. Take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> if you're, I'm going to change it, actually. If you are the captain of a ship, mm-hmm. we won't call it the Titanic because that's the part <laughs> that's the bad example. But if you're in there, you know, and you're going through the, the icebergs, like... Uh, you have, but you also have like a hole in the engine and you need to make sure the staff's working and everything like that. You're spending, how much of your time do you spend up and looking at the horizon and making sure you're okay with everything out there and you're guiding the ship in the right place, but you're still going to sink if you haven't paid attention to like making sure that everything else is okay. It doesn't matter how far out you're looking mm-hmm. if you've got a hole in the engine, right? Yeah. And so uh, I always kind of, kind of think about my job in that way and certain times in an organization's history you're going to spend more time up looking at where you're headed and sometimes you're going to spend more time um down in the engine room because there's a bigger emergency or if you have an entire new staff you're going to spend time training them so that they can spend time in the engine room and on the decks and like doing all that again it's a terrible analogy but um (laughs) and then you know at some point maybe you have to get in the lifeboats you know like oh shit film's over film's dead you know like jump out but I think I I consider my job trying to spend as much time on the top as I can Mm -hmm. and um but like getting the entire organization to be working in the same way that we can all carry each other's goals forward Mm -hmm. and that like we're all making it run at the same point so which is I know a really vague way to talk about what I think my job is I know I think that's yeah, right here, right now with Seth, it's interesting because that meeting I was just in is strategic planning. We mm-hmm. haven't had a strategic plan in, since like 2011, so being able to figure out, it's really hard for staff, like even if you think about that, if staff doesn't know how to make a decision because they don't know what the priorities are, then mm-hmm. they have to ask somebody. And then if that person doesn't know, then they're going to have to ask somebody. And, like, all that efficiency and energy and empowerment that gets lost mm-hmm. by not all having a shared vision is um, is really kind of soul-crushing for an organization. So I feel like when I came in, one of my things was to figure out how to get us to talk so we could hear, like, figure out that we could trust each other and that we could trust. If we came up with a vision, we could do it together. And I think that trust is here. And so now it's about like, okay, well, let's come up with that vision and what we think those values are and things. And then we can all kind of just should lift everybody up to be able to do their jobs a little mm-hmm. bit better. So I feel like that was kind of the main thing I was supposed to do when I first got here. Beth's got the programming down. My job is only to make sure she's not making mistakes and help ask questions and guide her and be like, well, you're missing out on the idea that there's social relevance right now, you know, or whatever those things may be if she's if she's got blind spots. But my job's not to be in the programming, mm-hmm. but it's to make sure that all the pieces fit together or something, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, as an intern, I think that we are also there to kind of like, you know, specifically watch films and be like, this is, like, something that we mm-hmm. need, that people, like, need to see. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I also agree that, like, film is a big way for, like, society to see other parts of the world and experience yeah. other people's experiences and put yeah. themselves in their shoes. So. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. there's no more important thing I think we could do right now than figure out how to listen to somebody else's story mm-hmm. like if we can learn how to listen to somebody else's story we're good <laughs> yeah, right like yeah yep uh 
Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, film's cool. Yeah, um, so almost last question. Would you have any advice to an aspiring female filmmaker or any other female working to work in the industry um, mm-hmm. or just in a top position? Or just like how to be hardworking? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think, I don't know. I gotta figure out how to answer this question without being totally like problematic. Um, it's a really big changing industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is the other reason that it's so exciting right now, I think, for us. Because you can ask a question like, well, is VR going to change this? Or what is the social relevance of this? Or um, any of these kinds of questions that maybe at other times in film's history hasn't been able to be asked. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's that kind of big industry change. And then how films are getting made right now is changing really dramatically. It used to be that the capital to make something was so big that you had to have an established relationship and you had to be trusted Mm -hmm. and um, I think that that myth is being toppled more and more and more every day Mm -hmm. and uh, so I think it's a really ripe time for women and for others who haven't traditionally been um, the decision makers and the power brokers in the industry to Mm -hmm. just take it over that's where I'm like maybe I should be a little bit more (laughs) Um, but I think uh I think um, anytime that there's a power shift, the person who has been traditionally in power has a harder time holding on to power than the people who are looking at how they want to figure out how to change it. So Mm -hmm. it's a kind of fascinating time to take advantage of things. Um, So I guess my, in one level, my advice is just like, get in there because this is a golden age for us to just go mm-hmm. right like there's opportunity that has never been there before all of a sudden um and I do think like even the way that we were just talking I think traditionally women who are more empathic in general and make these connections have always been able to see that social relevance and value of film um, but all of a sudden that's the language that our society is saying too so if we bring our natural skills and the natural way that we kind of look at the world. And it's not always men and women, but, you know, like, these are just kind of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, that that, t- that way of thinking, I think, right now is being really well-received and has a lot of impact. And so we get a chance to not try to have to hide our message or get it around on another side or do different things. We just get to... Uh, did you see any of the noir city films? I did not, no. So there were a couple of them that were really interesting that were written by women mm-hmm. who used men's name at the time, right? Because they couldn't be right, yeah. women. And those were the most socially relevant films that had like um, a whole lot of uh, things about like one of them was a rape story, one of them was, you know, all this kind of stuff. And again, here's women who are trying to get a story out and try to say it, but they have to go around into all these other ways to try to get um, this voice heard and this story out and this way of thinking or looking at something. One of them was about fascism and, you know, like, and now all of a sudden that's kind of what us as a world are looking at. So there's a huge opportunity to just make that bigger and stronger and right out there, I think, than there's been in the past. Um, I think for anybody ever, going into any kind of field um it's all about relationships no matter what even though those relationships aren't about power broking relationships right Mm now um and I think it's about uh you never know what you're gonna do next or you're gonna want to do or how you're gonna think about something 
And so if you just keep thinking broadly, you're qualifying yourself for everything you ever want to do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, working here and thinking in the broadest way possible, all of a sudden you get to think about being an administrator or a programmer or a filmmaker or any of these things, you get to kind of look at it Mm -hmm. because you're qualifying yourself for all of those branches and kind of keeping going down that direction, I think is always, it's a guiding principle for me and how I do my own work and I think it's a pretty good one (laughs) yeah I think that's great advice (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is because I love film and I love criticizing Mm -hmm. film um and dissecting film but you don't at least I don't hear a lot of female voices doing Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so this is just kind of like an appreciation of yes female filmmakers and females in the industry Mm -hmm. but also just getting my own voice heard mm-hmm. um, as a woman of color and just as a mm-hmm. woman trying to make it in the world. So Yeah, right? Yeah. It's its own unique set of challenges that um, nobody else can ever understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite movie? It was my last Star question. Star Wars. Totally. All original. the Star Wars? No, just oh, that, whatever, four. Yeah, four, five, six, right. But yeah, I actually, I've never seen the Natalie Portman ones. But Neither has Beth, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Beth hasn't yeah. seen any of the new ones, which I think is those. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. that first the one was a ones. total changer for me. I still I still love it. It's still my favorite movie. Yeah. Like, since the day it came out. Yeah, my mom it. was telling me how, like, she, like, went with her best friend to, like, line up at the theater for the mm-hmm. premiere in, in Albuquerque and... Um, she was just so excited and she's loved it ever since and then she like just showed my sister and I like two years ago mm-hmm. so now we're super into it but um and my sister and I really like the newer the ones mm-hmm. that came out mm-hmm. this year yeah last year um so yeah I also love Star Wars yeah it's great okay well that is it for this week's episode thank you for listening and happy watching this Oscar Sunday I hope that it's a great time This is your host, Alex, signing off.